This isn't for your eyes. Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Groovy Ghoulies podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Reese Griffiths, and as always, I am joined by Mr. David White. Hello. Uh, so yeah, those of you who follow us and pay close attention to our release schedule may very well be aware that this is a somewhat delayed episode. Yeah, more stuff happened. <laughs> Life happens. Um... Yes, so we apologise for the delay yeah. and all our well-meaning plans to get on top of it. We could make another hollow promise to say that we're going to keep a tighter release schedule going forward, but, <laughs> but things really happen. That, you know. and yeah, we intend to give a regular release schedule anyway. Sometimes it's out of our control. Yeah, but here we are. We we're, we're back. We're ready. Are you ready? Of course you're ready. You're always ready. Um. Before we're still doing, before we're still doing, we're still doing, we're still doing Clive Barker season. Hmm. Um, admittedly, it's been a while since I watched Hellraiser 2 and Hellraiser 3, so this should make for an interesting <laughs> <laughs> recap of the movies. I mean, we had the intention of um, recording the two, two episodes, this episode and the previous episode, on, in one session, but something happened and we didn't end up doing that. So we watched Hellraiser 1 and 2, and you'd watched 3 as well, hadn't yeah. you, at that point? But this was, what, three months ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> far off. Yeah. So that's the last time I saw Hellraiser 2. I did watch Hellraiser 3 this morning in preparation for this episode. I know what happens in both films. Yeah, you know, we can sort we've of seen them a few times. Them and discuss them. I mean, yeah, definitely. If you're familiar with the Hellraiser franchise, you don't need us to really go into great detail. No. And if you're not familiar with it, it's probably good that we don't go into great detail so that you can <laughs> pick up on all the things that we miss. <laughs> Before we get into Hellraiser, though, what have you been up to, man? Uh, outside of working ridiculous amount of hours and dying of flu and before anybody starts saying about man flu no it was real flu <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed if I tried to sit in a chair I thought I was going to pass out so I literally spent two days lying down in bed feeling sorry for myself having these weird ass fever dreams I don't think I've ever had before Yeah. and uh, it was really bizarre I'd like Right, I'm going to sleep. I need to sleep. Whenever I'm sick, I go to bed mm. and I just try to sleep. Yeah. Because that's what I've always been told to do as a kid. It was always, you go to bed and you sleep. Then when you wake up, you have some water, maybe some dry toast and then back to sleep. Yeah. You try and sleep it away. Yeah. So that's what I do as an adult, except I don't really dry toast anymore because I'm old enough to know that I can have butter on it if I want. 
So I have buttery toast. I'm a grown man, I'll have butter on my toast if I want. If I want fucking toast <laughs> with butter on it, possibly marmite if I'm feeling Oof, adventurous. Pretty. Um, yes, so I'd like, right, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. I feel awful. I'm going to go to sleep. And I could be sitting there concentrating really hard and going to sleep. And then it'd be like a sort of switch where like everything would go black. Mm. So I'm going to sleep. Yeah. That's okay. And then like it'd be like like a vivid, like really, I was there. And in front of me is like this furry carcass. Right. <clears throat> and I've opened up this carcass and inside is a load of like electrical wires. Yeah. Like a rat's nest of electrical wires. And like I'm there and I'm trying to trace these wires back to see where they go. Yeah. And whenever I found like the two ends and I pull, I'd wake up. I'd be like wide awake yeah, again. Yeah, and I could very well have only been asleep for five minutes or two hours. Yeah. yeah. Then you'd be right back to sleep and it'd be the same thing. Black, bang, back to around <laughs> in this fucking carcass for wires. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. What's that all about? So that was really weird. Yeah. And yeah, worthy of noting. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite weird, yeah, definitely. Um yes, outside of that, not a lot working. What about yourself? Been attending exciting. I went to a gig the other night with my dad. A gig with your dad? Yeah, on Friday. For the record, Dave's dad is old school. Dave's dad likes, you know, the classics. Yeah, he does. He did go to see Slipknot on his own <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> Nobody wanted to go. Just went I think he own. just bought a ticket and just yeah. went. Yeah. So he enjoyed it. And he went to watch Parkway Drive a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they play Cardiff and they yeah, yeah. switch support. Yeah, he went to that. Nice. So, yeah. What did you go watch? We went to watch um, Half Man, Half Biscuit. Oh, yes. <laughs> the legend <laughs> of Half guys. Man, Half Biscuit. Yeah. They were fucking awesome in all fairness. That's the second time we went, we've been to see them. The first time, my dad actually gone to Mosh Pit. Nice. Which was a bit weird. <laughs> that must have been weird. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I didn't go in. dad get in a pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm told for Mosh Pit stars. You go ahead, then. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'll yeah. wear you an old jacket. For, yeah, yeah. It literally was like that. But this time, he didn't go in the Mosh Pit, thankfully. Where but, were these um, two? In the tram shed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really good. Well worth checking out. Half Man, Half Biscuit, if you know you heard of them. They're like a parody, well, not so much a parody band. Like a post-punk band that sings songs that are bleak and depressing and really funny. <laughs> songs like The Light at the End of the Tunnel, This is the Light of an Oncoming Train. Um, it's really, like, weird watching three old men, oldish men, like late 50s maybe, stand in front of hundreds of people are singing get your hedge cut get your fucking hedge cut <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome <laughs> uh, yeah no we got a gig coming up this week we're going to watch Idols in Tramshed oh okay so that should be quite fun yeah, yeah. Um, I did end up getting in a bit of a pickle with that one right because the tickets went on sale I got early access with Spotify so I bought two mm. tickets because Mark said he was keen yeah turns out my wife has decided she also likes Idols because they've been playing them a lot on Six Music yeah so I was like, oh, I'm going to go see Idols next week. And she's like, are we? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to go see Idols. <laughs> but you've got two tickets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the time I bought them, you didn't say you liked them. Yeah. So I didn't think to get you one. Sorry. Have they since sold out? Or? Oh, it sold out like as soon as they went on Oh, really? Wow. For this day, as soon as they went on public sale, they were yeah, out, yeah. gone. Sure. So yeah, I'm in a bit of a doghouse for that one. Because I did promise that I'd, you know, ask her for future reference if she wanted to get tickets trending. Yeah, and lo and behold, everything I've asked her for since she's not remotely interested in. 
there's that Converge tour coming oh, up with yeah, Tara, yeah. Candy, and somebody else. I can't yeah. remember. I asked her if she fancied that. Oh, yeah. She said, I don't know if I've heard any of these people, so I played a track from all of them. <laughs> she said, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she told me to ask. Yeah. Surely she's heard of Converge. <clears throat> yeah, I've made her listen to some Converge over the years. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think she's a Over-looking. massive fan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she was not interested. No. I asked her about Descendants. She wasn't interested in that. I, said, I don't really fancy going all the way to London to watch Descendants. Yeah. I said, oh, but that's Fair the point. place to play in. So <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. But she's happy to go watch Bouncing Souls in Bristol. Oh, okay. like, oh, but Descendants are better than Bouncing Souls. <laughs> it's yeah. worth travelling that extra bit, in my opinion. Yeah. But what do I know? Yeah. So nobody wants to come watch Descendants with me. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> So if anybody out there is going to Descendants in London and doesn't mind the hanger on, <laughs> I think this ticket's still available. Yeah. I'll buy one for myself and then hang on. So you haven't bought any tickets for this yet? No, no? not yet. Okay, good. I can't bring myself to go all the way to London on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, Cardiff's not too bad, but yeah. I don't know about London. But I've never been to a gig on my own either, so I don't know how that would work out. Yeah, I haven't either, to be honest, yeah. What do you do in between, like, sets? Just stand there. <laughs> 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 Usually, like... They were alright. I'm glad they played this. Let's go get a beer. Yeah. And so you kind of do the same thing, but to yourself, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you talk to yourself. Maybe there's an inner <laughs> monologue going on. Yeah. 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 A bit of an inner, inner conversation about yeah. Sounded terrible. Sounded good. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll be trying to make a dent in some of my PS4 back catalogue as well. Oh yeah. Um. So I've been playing the Metro games in an effort to get ready for the new one. Is that out yet? It is. Yeah. Um, and I also played, there was a while back, PSN gave Transformers Devastation away. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And when I first had a crack, I was like, oh, this is pretty shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to touch it. But I actually played it through to completion, and I really enjoyed it towards the end. Oh, okay. The, uh, the combat, when you get in nailed, is great. Mm. The story's pretty short and shit. Yeah, well. And... It's all very much drive from here to here. Oh look, there's a mini boss fight. Drive mm. from here to here. There's another mini boss fight. Drive from here to here. It's a main boss fight. End of the level. Yeah. But the combat was pretty cool. I did quite enjoy that. Yeah, I think I played it for like an hour maybe, and didn't get into it. But that was a while ago. I haven't even been playing much to be honest. I've been trying to make my way through the pre-sequel to Borderlands. I just couldn't get on with that, man. No? Or like Borderlands in general or the pre-sequel? Borderlands, I loved. Played the hell out of the first one, all the DLC. Second one, I've played three, four, five times to the completion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pre-sequel, I haven't put more than like five, six hours in at a time. Yeah, I initially when I first played it, I was like that. I played it for like maybe an hour or two and didn't really get into it. But this time I tried to stick stick it up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's alright, it's pretty good. I'm not a fan of the whole sort of A... I think Russian that's why I can get on with it because yeah. it slows the whole gameplay. Yeah, down. it does. Yeah, yeah. Although it was pretty cool, like um, shooting the enemies like helmets off, yeah. so they suffocate. Suffocate. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They were, I think I can see where they've tried to make something a bit different and try and do something interesting with it. Yeah. But yeah, I just I couldn't get into it. It was a bit. I don't know if it was because the spacing it was too slow for me, or just I wasn't really feeling it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm waiting for that Borderlands Three announcement for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. I feel like we should talk about upcoming horror films. So, There's quite a few being announced coming yeah. out. So Pet Sematary's coming out soon. What do you think of that in comparison to the original? 
The trailer looks great. Yeah. Um, from what I've read, they've changed a couple of key elements of the movie. Yeah, it's not a little boy anymore, is it? Yeah, it's the daughter. Yeah. It's slightly older than the boy. Yeah. Um, and they've changed the way it plays out a little bit. Mm. But I'm all for. Oh, I'm working for that. Yeah. Changing definitely bits and pieces. Yeah. To make it, it's still pet cemetery, but it's not the pet cemetery you know necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And I'm all for the people doing that with, especially with like remakes and stuff. Nobody yeah. wants to see a carbon copy of no, the same film. No, you want film. to see a shot for shot remake. Like. You want to see things changed up a bit. And from what I've seen, they've changed up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, it's doing pretty well. There's some lovers. There's some haters. Mm. I think John Lithgow is good casting for um, the Judd. Judd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love John Lithgow. I think he's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm well keen for that. Mm. Us is out. Yeah, I've heard good things, but I've not seen it yet. Did you watch Get Out at all? I did, yeah. Did you like Get Out? Yeah, I love Get Out, yeah. Well, yeah, there was a lot of hype about Get Out, so when I watched it, I was a bit sort of almost underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. In This is like the greatest horror movie that's been made in the last X amount of years, and it's going to win Oscars and all the rest of it. And I was like, okay, I'm looking for something really, like, far out there. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, and it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not mm. trying to piss all over it. I think it's great that it's won an Oscar for best film? Was it best film? You no, I don't think so. I thought so. It won an Oscar for something. It did, yeah, but didn't they, like, wasn't there some controversy over, like, the categories that it was put into? Yeah, it might have been. Because there's no category for horror, for horror in the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do I think it's the best horror movie that's come out in the last however many years? No. Do no. I think there are other films out there that could have possibly done with winning an Oscar for being a good horror movie? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, hereditary <coughs> hereditary <laughs> but uh, yeah no I enjoyed Get Out um, the trailer for us when it dropped and they've got that badass you got five on it remix <laughs> I fucking love that I was awesome <laughs> I started hearing that play and I was like yeah man I'm going to watch this yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch the fuck out of this <laughs> just for that remix yeah um, and it's so fucking good like in the trailer the way they drop the pace of that song and make it creepy as fuck because yeah, that song yeah. is like from my youth yeah, yeah, I remember being played at school discos and stuff and nobody really understanding what it was about but just yeah, loving it and that yeah. beat and uh, to see that transformed into this like transformed 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 <laughs> into this eerie weird creepy bit of music is like yeah man yeah I'm in I'm in yeah definitely um, and yeah like I said he did enough with Get Out for me to be interested in his works mm. Mr Jordan Peele who is one of our favourite listeners at Battle Camps, he's always tweeting at us. <laughs> say, saying, saying he's itching to get on here and talk about stuff. I bet, yeah. 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 He's um, one of the 19 people that listen to this. Yeah, so that's quite... Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Lords of Chaos. Yeah, I'm quite keen for that. Um, technically, I don't know if you'd describe it as a horror movie. I don't know. There's horror elements there, I think. There's, yeah. There's, uh, it's probably played up as a horror movie would play out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Looks good. I'm keen. Mm. I know Fractured Visions are doing a showing at Chapters Arts bit, so I'll try and have a look at that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of films as well, I completely forgot, because obviously it's been like three months. Yeah. <clears throat> On Twitter, I mentioned Twitter, and I use Twitter quite a bit. Mm. Um I managed to wangle a free Blu-ray from a guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> every time somebody posts up about a movie that I like and I want to buy, you know, 
part cash with or people piss and moan about um, oh physical media is dead I get yeah. really like arsey because it's not dead at all it's just that you're not giving people as many options the people who are into physical media want high def physical media they're not yeah. like necessarily DVD people mm. um <clears throat> So the ball, which we watched at, so the ball, which we watched at Fractured Visions, um, is one of my personal favourites from Fractured Visions. I love oh, the ball. ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Fright Fest of sort of started up a distribution company almost, like Fright Fest presents. Okay. And they've been putting films out. So one of the ones that they released was Ball, mm-hmm. but they're only releasing it on DVD. <clears throat> so I commented saying oh no blu-ray release as, and, you do. Uh, as you do but they were tying it up with another film I hadn't seen before called Video Man okay. um, and I hadn't heard anything about it to be completely honest mm. and as a, the, some guy commented saying oh you can get a HD copy of Video Man from iTunes Yeah. <clears throat> so me being the comedy genius that I am I was like, yes, but you can't hold a digital copy. I like to hold physical copies and take pictures of myself with the said physical <laughs> copies and give them as gifts to people for birthdays, anniversaries and such. Yeah. To which you replied, oh, well, if you take a picture of yourself with Video Man on DVD, yeah. I'll send you a Blu-ray copy. What? So I was like, who's this joker? Turns out it's the director of Video Man. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, uh, okay. Game on. <laughs> Went and found a copy, took a picture of myself holding said copy in my house, sent it to him on Twitter, and he's like, cool, DM me your address, I'll get you a copy sent out. What the shit? So he sent me his uh, Swedish copy yeah. with English subs, but it's Blu-ray, you know, yeah. like, fucking sweet. <laughs> I pissed and moaned and somebody listened and I got some free shit. Nice, man. I haven't watched it yet. Screaming into the void does work then. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I keep meaning to like get on it and watch it but like with work at the moment I haven't had a chance to watch fuck all yeah so yeah I got a free blu-ray nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> when the fuck are we going to get a trailer for the new it yes there's loads of new images for the new it yeah um because it's out next year isn't it I think it's I thought it's year, September this year I thought is it I don't know about yeah that. I think it's like September 6th Oh shit, yeah. And Hellboy trailer. That yes. must have dropped since we last did an episode. Yes, yeah, sir. Fuck yeah. yeah no. I'm well up for yeah, Hellboy. Definitely, yeah. Um I don't think Guillermo del Toro's Hellboys are bad by any measure. No. Um but I do think this looks an awful lot like it's sticking a lot closer to the source material. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit more blood and guts, a yeah. bit more swear and a bit more badassness. I've not read any Hellraiser, to be completely honest. Hellboy. Hell- Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> You've read loads of Hellboy. I've read shit loads of Hellboy. The fuck remember? Yeah, Hellboy, yeah. It's Hell, you know. Yeah. yeah. Something to get confused. Hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, what if Hellboy is actually a Cenobite? That would be fucking amazing. But like, the King Cenobite, because Hellboy is like the heir to Hell, I think. It's so he like, like fights Pinhead? <laughs> he's like the boss of Pinhead. Oh shit, yeah, he's Leviathan. Yeah. Crap. Except he's the boss of Leviathan as well. Oh fuck. <laughs> Isn't Leviathan like the god of hell though? I don't know. Meant to be in the Hellraiser. I know they talk universe. about Leviathan in two, but I don't yeah. know who's half asleep, so I wasn't paying too much attention. <laughs> like this episode's going to be so. <laughs> that's that's why death. notes will reflect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Griffin left his notepad here with his notes in it from the last time we recorded. I had a quick peek at some of the notes he'd written down for the first episode. 
<laughs> and they comprised of Julia equals mums question mark <laughs> here's what some of the highlights from my um, notes for Hellbound bearing in mind we watched this three months ago <clears throat> Dr. Chinard dodgy fucker dream radiator <laughs> what where have we gone yeah this there's various stuff no 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 I know I actually know what that's a reference to though yeah. <laughs> I said that last time yeah but yeah there's there's some odd scribbles down here. We'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll get through it. So, shall we get to it? Let's get to it. Right, yo. So, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Released in 1988. Directed by a Tony Randall. The story was written by Clive Barker, who's also acted as executive producer. But the screenplay was by Peter Atkins. Who's another school friend of Clive Barker, along with Doug Bradley and etc. etc. Um, who also wrote the story and screenplay for Hellraiser 3, which we'll be talking about later. He's actually in Hellraiser 3 as well. Is he? Yeah, I was watching the special features. You know the bartender? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's him. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a genuine oh wow fact, dear. Yeah. Holy like. oh, shit. Because <laughs> this episode we haven't recorded previously and then lost. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, Hellraiser 2 brings back the characters Julie, Kirsty, Frank and the Cenobites, obviously, and introduces a couple of new characters in the Dr. Chenard and Tiffany. So the film opens with Captain Elliot Spencer, played by Doug Bradley, playing with the lament configuration box, only to have it send him to hell and transform him into the, transform him into the Cenobite pinhead. Then we flash forward to the present, where Kirsty's in a mental asylum, by the looks of things. The right term, mental asylum, feels wrong. Feels like un PC. Uh, well, it's better than that house for a start. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's in a mental health unit. Yeah, that's, that works. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's being questioned by a homicide detective. Yeah, so it carries on from Hellraiser. From Hellraiser 1, I was going to say, but it's just from Hellraiser. Yeah. It carries on from Hellraiser. Um, yeah, she escapes in there. At the end of Hellraiser, she gets out of the house, the Cenobites are gone, and it carries on with her being in the nuthouse. The doc detective's obviously asking, you know, what the we're, fuck we're at the house, they're looking around, there's yeah. loads of bodies. There's a mattress covered in blood. So the detective's got questions, um, except she's like reeling off this batshit crazy story, and he's all like. About demons from hell yeah. and this nonsense. Hmm. Do you think she's in there because she was affected by the events of the first one or because nobody believes her about demons from hell or a mixture of both I think it's probably a mixture of both mm. um, I think she's she must gone. be sort of traumatised from all that shit happening yeah because we don't see any more do we see the boyfriend anymore I don't think we see any more of the boyfriend either do we no I think we got like a new sort of quote unquote love interest in yeah. the in Chanad's assistant, assistant. yeah um so yeah, she's at the hospital being asked questions. She has a bit of a breakdown, meltdown. To which the detective gets asked to leave, I believe. Yeah. And then she gets a vision. I'm sure she gets a vision. Yeah, before leaving though, Kirsty begs the detective to burn the mattress, as it is the only means of bringing Julia back from hell. That's it. Julia died on it. Yeah, I believe Dr. Chenard's called 
<clears throat> turns up with his assistant and they sort of talk her down. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Chenard gives her a bit of a, a sort of, not, not a stern talking to, but a, you know, take it easy, blah, 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 blah. blah. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, calm the fuck down, you silly bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, <Sam's> Because <laughs> that's the correct way to calm someone down. <laughs> Just continually slap them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see there's a girl in the room next door. Yes, this is where we first come across Tiffany, who has a knack for solving puzzles and doesn't speak, apparently. She never speaks. Yeah. All she does is solve puzzles. Which will How come in handy later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kirsty in her first night there, well, we assume it's her first night, um, she has a bit of trouble falling asleep, and she's... Is it a dream when she sees Skinless Frank? Uh, I think it's supposed to be... Cause f- Larry. Let me, yeah, yeah, she Larry, thinks it's Larry, yeah. She thinks it's Larry. Yeah. Um, she has a vision of Skinless. Sort of, yeah. And yeah. It's calm. Ah, that's where the radiator from, you know, Radiate, it's coming from. Hey. Yeah. <clears throat> radiator's making a rackage, turns around, and there's Larry. Yeah. Skinless I am in hell. Help me. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. In blood. Yeah. Um, it's the most fucking metal thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she believes that her father is in hell and in she needs to go to hell. She can hell. save him. Bring him back. This plants the seed. Um, we cut to Dr. Chinard going into his lift down to the underground madhouse. Yes, that's right. The secret madhouse. Yeah. And we see the um, the people who we assume he's experimenting on or doing some really fucked up stuff too. Yeah, I think they're the ones that. Or they're they, those potential people to help bring him Judy back from. Through yeah, the they're quite mad. Um, <laughs> all quite mad. <laughs> all quite mad. <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones I think that nobody cares about. Yeah. They, yeah. They've been dropped off to yeah. be looked after, and they just chucked down in the basement. Nobody cares about them. Um, the one guy who. Thinks he has bugs all over him. Bugs all over him. Yeah. Get him off me! Get him off me! Yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy. I like that guy. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> you know, cool, freaking out. He's got bugs all yeah. over him. What a cool guy. So, yeah, we see this guy, and then we see Chanard taking the mattress to his home. Yeah, the police come and ask him questions, and he says to the police officer that actually he wants the mattress delivered to his house. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Which is a bit dodgy as fuck, and I think it's the doctor's assistant that sees him. Yeah, this, Kyle, isn't it? Yeah. Kyle goes to his house. And he's sort of sneaking about, looking at all the stuff. And we see that Chenard's got three or four Lament configurations. Yeah. So he's obviously keen on... He's obviously up to date yeah. on the latest software. <laughs> In hell. In hell. <laughs> <laughs> the latest OS hell yeah. 3.2. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got lots of notes, lots of books. Yeah. So he's one of... He's, he could, well, it could be said that he's one of the people... Who's interested in exploring the furthest reaches of pleasure or pain, such as advertised in the first film? He's another one. He wants to jump on the bandwagon. He does. This extreme pleasures. Yep. He's keen on getting Julia back. So we get a Frank and Julia recap, just to fill us in on what happened between them. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point it cuts back to Chenard is bringing home one of his mentally... Mental patient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the correct word for somebody that's batshit yeah. crazy? He's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. <laughs> yeah, he brings one of his cuckoo friends home yeah. that nobody will miss, and it just so happens to be our buddy the bug guy. Yeah. Buddy the bug guy. 
And this scene is fucked up, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. fucking grim. Yeah. Um, he hands him a straight razor. Yeah, takes him out of the straight jacket, sits him on the mattress and hands him a straight razor. Um, at which point the guy starts carving at himself to yeah. try and get the bugs off him. Carving his flesh off. Across his chest, his fucking face, his arms, he's going for it. Well, of course, when you drag a razor across yourself and cut yourself, you bleed. And what does the mattress need? Blood. <laughs> at which point... Some hands and legs come bursting out of the fucking mattress, yeah. wrap round poor buddy the bug guy. Turns out it's Julia coming back from the dead. Um, I've got written down in my notes, Julia, kinda hot. <laughs> now, we had a brief discussion about this before the podcast started. I disagree with her being kind of hot, to be honest. she's got no fucking skin. Yeah. And she wasn't kind of hot with skin. <laughs> <laughs> there was something about this when I was watching at the time. I don't know whether it was because I was coming down with something or just because I was feeling particularly on edge. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept thinking that, oh, yeah, this, this, oh, she's, she's all right. Yeah. In some weird, bizarre yeah, way. She's not there <laughs> at all. After we watch it. Maybe it was the whole idea of being reborn from hell or something. I don't know, maybe there's some subconscious thing in my brain where yeah. I was like, that's kind of hot. But it's not. I mean, Chanard thought it was kind of hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Maybe you're like Chanard. Yeah. My dodgy fucker like Chanard. <laughs> you start collecting puzzle boxes and mental patients. Yeah, start getting aroused by... <laughs> Skinless, yeah, skinless people. People are coming back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, Julia's skinless body emerges from the mattress and drains the patient, as is the one with skinless people. Which is the standard. Fingers into the back of the skull. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sucking the life Yeah, we discussed that in the last episode. All this time, Kyle's hiding behind a curtain conveniently. Yeah. Watching yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. In utter... Why at that point would you not just get the fuck out? Excuse me, guys. Yeah. I'm fucking out of here. This yeah. is too much. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Where the fuck did she come from? Fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. She's got no skin. <laughs> yeah, we get a bit of an explanation. Um, oh, I get a bit of an explanation. <clears throat> Chenard and Julia have a bit of back and forth. Yes. She says that all she needs to know is skin. Yes. Um, so we get Chenard. He wraps her up in bandages. She puts on a dress. Which is all again a bit freaky and a bit weird. Um, she is this a... the bit you found hot, or the bit when she actually had? No, the bit when she comes out of the mattress. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's this guy mutilating himself, and she's coming out to yeah. eat him. That was hot. Yeah. That was some sexy shit. Um, <laughs> skip over my sexual preferences. <laughs> Get back to Eloise. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm confused about them myself. I'm yeah, not really yeah. sure I'm ready to yeah. discuss them yet. I need to see a professional. Oh, for that. Okay. <laughs> I was just confused myself. I just had to get some clarification. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what we see then is that Chenard is actually bringing more and more people back from. Yeah, he's got like a, a an attic set up for her, and he's got hooks on the ceiling where he hooks up all these dead bodies, and she just sort of drains them. I assume. Yeah, before they're dead, she's draining them. Yeah, and yeah. They end up, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shitloads of corpses and flies and shit like that. So we get Kirsty and Kyle. Kyle tells Kirsty about what's going on, I believe. And they decide to go to the house to investigate. Yes. Um, <clears throat> they wait for Chenard to leave and then essentially break in and have a little pot around. Yeah. Kirsty finds a picture of um, Elliot Spencer before he was pinned out. 
in his in Chenard's notebook, where he's got all the notes about the little configurations and all that nonsense. Uh, Kyle goes for a wander upstairs to see what else is about. Yes, I mean, that's I right. Know, <coughs> don't know why he's going upstairs. All the stuff he wants is in that one room. Yeah, but he goes for a wander upstairs. Why not? I can't yeah, remember. I think he hears a noise and then goes and investigates. Yeah, yeah. I can't quite remember if Julia had skin at this point. She does, because um, there's yes. Kyle walks into the room. Yeah. All the corpses hanging up. He's disgusted. Julia comes in behind him and shuts the door. Yes, that's right. And they have a bit of a back and forth. Apart, for, apart from a part of skin on her back that's missing, the wheels. Yes, yeah, she that's right. Forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, it's terrible, isn't it? It's truly <laughs> terrible. Yeah. He's like, yes. And she's like, come to mother. To ah, embrace yeah, in reference him. to the come to daddy. Which I thought was weird as fuck, because if you're in a house looking at creepy shit hmm. and he knows that somebody has come through this mattress and the one person left in this house is this woman <laughs> yeah. with all these dead bodies yeah. I wouldn't be going to her for a cuddle no no, no. I'd be staying the fuck okay. away I mean I wouldn't go back in the first place to be honest yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is what's happening in the house you check it out yeah yeah good luck with that I'm, well, I'm done here. I've I'm, got a job I'm, I'm a doctor. noping the fuck out of this situation now. <laughs> I don't need to go back yeah um, and so yeah he gets his cuddle she sucks the life out of him yeah Kyle is dead. Kirsty walks in. They have a bit of a spat, a little bit of a throwing abuse, and I think she gets a slap. <laughs> she does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does, I remember that. <laughs> Chenard brings in another patient, Tiffany. Dun, dun, dun. And she's only there to open up the puzzle box. So she opens the puzzle box. The Cenobites come through the walls whilst Chenard and Julia are watching. Through a secret wall. That's right, yeah. A now, where's Kirsty at this point? I'm assuming Kirsty's run away, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. She just escapes. Gets away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, yeah, the tunnels of hell open. Cenobites come through. And I believe this is, going back to your notes, this is the no? No. No. That's it. They're, they're going to go. Because the Cenobites are all going to kill Tiffany. Tiffany. But, Pinhead's all like fucking no, majestic. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah. now. Exactly. He's like, it's not. It is not hands that call us. It is desire or something like that. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Just cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, and then the gates of hell are left open for some reason. Yeah, you know. <laughs> fuck shutting the Why door. Yeah, Leave yeah. it open. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this was done on purpose so that the obviously. Pinhead is well aware that although the girls opened the box, it's not her intention yeah, to yeah, have yeah. called them forward. Yeah. Do you think the door was left open on purpose so those that did, that, that have that desire, would go into? Oh, possibly, yeah. It could also just be that they just forgot to go Just fucking lazy and didn't yeah, yeah. to shut the door. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Tiffany opens the box. Did Kirsty get knocked out by that slap? Cause did she then wake up in the house and then go into, grab the puzzle box, go into hell to find... Larry. Quite possibly. She does end up in hell. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, she heads for hell with a box. Yeah, Chenard and Julia go in to mm -hmm. hell and have a look around. And Julia's all like showing him around and we get to see Leviathan. Yes. Um, Lord of the Labyrinth. That's my hell. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. I think at this point my notes run out. <laughs> this is about probably where I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so freaking professional, man. It's ridiculous. Um, 
yeah, so Julia, Julia and Chenard walking around, Amnaganda. Um, Kirsty wakes up, goes in. She with, grabs the box, she goes into hell and with Tiffany the intention follows. of finding. She must do. I'm sure Tiffany follows her in. But they. Well, no, Kirsty's looking for Tiffany afterwards because Pinhead finds her in hell, Kirsty. She cha- he changes the configuration of the box into a shape that looks like it's unsolvable. So then Kirsty takes the puzzle box with her to find Tiffany to try and solve it to close right. the gates of hell. And then Julia's walk, walking Chenard around hell. She kind of double crosses him. She does a bit, yeah. Because he ends up becoming. I'm not sure what his name is. He gets turned into a fucking Cenobite and it's pretty fucking brutal. It is pretty brutal, yeah. I've got on my notes here. Chenard sees the horror of Leviathan's hell and realises it's beyond his comprehension. So it's just a giant maze, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> With the thing in the sky. I'm not sure what it is. Is that the lamentable That's configuration? That the thing is in the, the sky is Leviathan. Is Leviathan, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Apparently the Leviathan's making like a lot of beep noises and shit like that, you hear those? Right. Apparently that's Morse code for God. Okay. Yeah. That's kinda cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. So yeah, uh Julia she double crosses Chenard. He ends up in a giant sort of box thing that all of the tubes come out and go into him and then they suck out his blood and they replace Swap it with it some out with some other fluid. fluid shit. Yeah, yeah. And he essentially becomes a centibite. He gets that weird like thing to clamp down on his head like yeah. a claw thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drills right. his brain and they cart him round everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That was weird as fuck. It was weird. Pretty cool though. Yeah. And he gets the scabbles from fucking tentacles yes. things. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Some of the fucking centibite design yeah. is amazing. And some of the practical effects. Yeah. Though. Julia in the meantime stumbles across Frank. Uncle Frank. You mean Kirsty? Kirsty, yeah, not Julia. Well, Julia turns up as well, I'm sure. I can't remember. Yeah, probably, yeah. His ages go watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirsty finds Tiffany. Yeah. And they both try to leave. Kirsty sees her father's house and runs into it thinking her father might be inside, but it turns out to be Frank. Frank's been playing tricks on her all along, pretending to be Larry. He's pretty shifty, that goddamn shifty goddamn Frank. <laughs> only toad Frank. Shifty as fuck. So we see Frank's hell then. Which is loads like in a like a room with loads of women in it, but he can't touch them or something like that. He can't like get any satisfaction from them. Can't get anywhere. Much like the Rolling Stones song. <laughs> so he essentially then comes on to Kirsty. Trying she his luck. Burns down the house, as well as Frank with Frank in it. Bum, bum, bum. Julia then enters with Tiffany, and Julia rips out Frank's heart. As the as Kirsty and Tiffany escape, yeah, that's it. There's like a <clears throat> fight scene, and Kirsty setting fire to everything. Yeah, and yeah. Julia comes in, steals Frank's heart. Payback's a bitch, motherfucker. Oh, she said that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they just yeah kick into payback. We just made this film like ten times better. Let's reboot Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. Specifically for that one what, scene. What are you gonna do? We're just gonna play playback, playback, payback by Slayer. Yeah, in that one after scene. After she says yeah. that bit. Yeah. And we'll have a yeah. As Kirsty and Tiffany running away. Yeah. Payback's a bitch. Amazing. <laughs> right. Kirsty and Tiffany escape back to the hospital, but the Chenard Cenobite finds them and chases after them. Then Kirsty finds the Cenobites, or she encounters Pinhead, but a ball chatterer and a female Cenobite. And 
she gives Pena the picture of Elliot Spencer. Shows him the man he used to be. Yeah. I can't remember what he says at that point. My notes stopped earlier, so I haven't got a clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably should have watched this like a lot more recently because I find that with most of the Hellraiser films, Pinhead's the most Pinhead's like the Cut character the with the like. Well, yeah, he's the most well-written character. Yeah. Um, and he does have the best lines, and I can't remember what he says in this moment. But it's something cool, I've no doubt. Something metal as fuck. Yeah, yeah that was it. Kirsty shows Pinhead a photograph of himself, yeah. and uh, which is the one that she stole from. The book, yeah, Chinard's notes, and you get uh, the the Cenobites all basically start remembering that at some point they were human. Yeah, essentially she reminds them all that they were human. At one they point. weren't always these horrible, twisted yeah. creatures. And then Chinard turns up, and someone manages to kill all the Cenobites. Yeah, just in like no effort whatsoever, yeah. like laser beams, I think. Yeah, yeah, just kills them, reverts them back to human. Yeah, and isn't Chatra like a little boy or something like that? Um. Possibly. Yeah, because obviously, like, Pinhead's... Um, Goes back to being... Being Elliot Spencer. Uh, Butterball's fat dude. Female Cenobites, a female. Female. Yeah. And Chatra is, like, this little boy. Yeah, sounds right. Pretty, pretty freaking horrible. So, yeah, Pinhead dies. Um, as Chanard uses his, one of his tentacle things to slit his throat. Kirsty and Tiffany then go back to hell to try and I guess to try and close the gates of hell yeah Julia then distracts Chanard with a kiss long enough for Tiffany to solve the puzzle and as he tries to kill Tiffany Chanard's tentacles become embedded in the floor and he rips the top and the thing that grabbed him by the top of his head sort of rips his head off doesn't it clean off yeah <laughs> then Tiffany falls over the edge Julia catches her pulls her up but wait. But then, is it Julia? No. Apparently not. It's Kirsty. Yeah, she's pulled the whole Frank Larry trick. Trick again. Yeah. Wearing Julia's skin. Wearing a goddamn skin. Gross. So then, yeah, they escape, go back to the hospital. And then we have some movers attempt to pack up all the channel's belongings. One mattress. Yeah, the bloody mattress. It kills him as the second mover enters the room and then a pillar comes up from his spin around showing Pinhead as well as Julia. Dicks. Probably <laughs> shitloads of dicks, yeah. <laughs> and the guy from the first film, the guy who saw the box, what's your pleasure, sir? sir. Yeah, that guy. And then Phil Hans. Now, so, I wish that our... The script of the film have been a little more succinct and well researched <laughs> but again we sh- we've got no excuse we should have watched it today but we didn't so yeah we're with that B-movie quality podcast with A-list <laughs> intentions <laughs> yeah the intentions are there <laughs> we really mean to do well yeah we just Sometimes. I mean, who listens mind. to a podcast about a film to get a full-on like description about yeah, the film? Yeah, we're not breaking it down scene for scene. Yeah, <clears throat> you want to know our opinion of the film? And it's I, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Next one. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've got a lot of Hellraiser 2, um, and the same for 3, actually. It's one of the films I throw on every now and again when I want to watch something fucking horrible. Um... Yeah, I remember like being in my mate's house. We'd always watch Hellraiser two and shit like that. We'd always also watched Lord of Illusions a lot. I don't know why. 
I've never seen Lord of Illusions. I'm looking forward to getting to that one. Yeah. There's quite a few of these. <clears throat> like Dave said, we you know Hellraiser Two is one of those ones. So we watched a few times over the years. Um, I like I mentioned in the previous episode, I've definitely got a lot more love for this franchise now than I think I yeah, did yeah. have, especially three. I remember at the time watching three, mm. being really pissed off with three. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because like the Hellraiser films have always been quite dark. Um, and three takes it. It is a film of its time. It is very much a nineties film, which yeah. we'll get into shortly. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought didn't help the no. franchise in any way, shape, or form. But yes, Hellbound, 6.5 on IMDb, which is not a bad rating. No, not at all. Um, I think it's a good film. I think it's aged reasonably well. Some of the effects are still Some of the really effects good. are great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, overall story, you can tell, I think, that Clive Barker's still got his fingers... Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. ...involved. He, he's yeah. still involved in this. This is still his baby. Yeah. I mean, look at the sort of creation of... You only create one soundbite in this one, essentially, but in the third one, he's creating soundbites left, right and centre. Yeah. But you can tell... You can almost tell the last... The soundbite in Hellraiser 2 that's created is a Clive Barker... Always, yeah, exactly, yeah. I think it's, as well, the Chouinard soundbite, he's very iconic to that film again, so you've yeah, got, yeah, yeah. with Hellraiser, you get introduced to... Pinhead, mm. female Cenobite, but a ball chatterer. And although Pinhead is the one that stands out because he's given the most lines, yeah. with two, they almost try and do away with those original ones and introduce mm. Chenard. And they, I think there's like this sort of um, feeling that actually Leviathan is the one that's in control. Leviathan yeah. is the one yeah, that yeah. you need to be wary of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Cenobites are nothing without Leviathan. Leviathan yeah. is in control. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is where then I think they take a bit of a wrong turn with three, mm. which we'll get into. Which we're going to right now. Um, before we do that, so apparently the guy who played Chatterer when they were filming the scene where the, all the centimetres die, he actually got a hook in the jaw. Fucking hell! Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like when when the spinning rack was spinning around. Um, you, yeah, he caught a hook in the jaw, and the cameraman just stopped filming at that point. So yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Fuck. Yeah. Dangerous work. Also, there's been there was a bit of a a uh, change in character in the chat with design in this one. Yeah. Which did cause a bit of ire in the Hellraiser fandom. Apparently, <laughs> I don't see the issue with it. To be honest with you, the guy just wanted to have eyes so he could see what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Instead of bumbling around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a bit tricky, I suppose, when they're doing stuff like that. They've they've designed this character. You got this Chatterer character who, for those of you who haven't watched any of the Hellraiser movies, he mm. is basically a man who has no eyes, big fucking ripped open face to expose his yeah. teeth. And it's a little bit like a it. dog. Yeah, almost like a extended sort of face. Is that for the second one that they start to extend his face? I think it is. Yeah. So the first one, his face is quite flat. You know, he's like a, a man face. Mouth tore open, the skin around it, so we see teeth, gums. Yeah. And he's constantly... With his teeth, hence chatterer. I think with the second one then, they try to make him almost more... Yeah, like I said, dog-like, where they bring out his face a bit. Yeah. They give him eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've got this character design in the first film, where... 
essentially, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, this is going off, you know, my interpretation of mm. him. He's this blind guy. It's a blind guy. He's a blind Cenobite that's, yeah. like, making this racket, but, like, coming at you. So he's obviously listening for sounds that you're making and the, whether the teeth act is, like, sonar. Yeah, yeah. He's checking out <laughs> sonar teeth or something. I don't know. So to change that design on the second film for these iconic like you know characters at this point we're going into the second the sequel you'd expect the characters to remain the same yeah. I mean in the grand scheme of things I think it's safe to say that Pinhead is the best yeah. Chatterer is second best Butterball is probably the more interesting than female Cenobite because there's not a lot going on with female Cenobite at least she gets some lines though yeah she yeah. gets some lines I mean in terms of like a, the um, visual yeah 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 <clears throat> I mean, saying that, but a ball's just a big fat centibite. So, I do like yeah. It's a toss-up between female centibite and butter ball. Yeah. So to drastically then for the second film adjust these this this character that's essentially like the second most impressive to look at. You could argue the most impressive to look at, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see why people would be a little bit pissy, but like not enough to like. I don't no, know, no, not enough to sort of stink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was an in-depth subplot, which went in, went into more detail with the oranges of Pinhead, but um, it was deleted in post-production, or pre-production rather. Which is convenient, because that's basically all of what Hell Razor 3 is. Yeah, it kind of is, yeah. Uh, this film, along with Titanic, hold the record for the most times two characters have repeated each other's names. <laughs> Tiffany and Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. I know, I know. Yeah, definitely. The um, word Cenobite means member of a mon- monastic order. Mm-hmm. Oh. I did not know that. Hell priests and hell monks and shit like that. The film is included on the on film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can see why. And there was a. Did, have, have you seen the surgeon scene? Yes, it was deleted from the original release, but it was included in the Arrow, um, Arrow Blu-ray box set. Right, I must have seen it then. And it's, it's on YouTube and shit like that, like yeah. yeah. But um, it's a scene where Pinhead and I think female sound about are dressed up as surgeons. Yes, and they come in to talk to Kirsty. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember exactly what was said no. now, but yeah, that scene is quite a famous one. I'm just waffling now, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah, should we move on to Hellraiser 3? Hellraiser 3. Okay, 5.5 on IMDb. So a whole point down. A whole point down. This, for me, personally, is where I think the franchise starts to slip. Slip a little bit, yeah. Um, so it was released in 1992, directed by Anthony Hickox. And the screenplay and the story were written by Peter Atkins and Tony Randall. So, no Clive Barker this time, and I think to a certain degree it shows. I think he did come on sort of late in the production of the film to join as an executive producer or have his name put in there for executive producer. This is where I've got some tidbits because I ah, did some okay. research and watched Fucking special up. features on wow. three. <clears throat> so, apparently, he was involved yeah. with, and then the studio paid him not to be involved with. Right. And then the studio paid him again to put his name on the poster. I was say they want to put his Clive name on the Barker's Barker. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellraiser. Yeah. So he got paid twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done, Clive. Yeah, well done. Nice. Um, yeah. Just jump straight in, I suppose. So, 
essentially what we've got, we've got this dude who's a massive fucking douchebag. Yeah. J.P. Monroe. Is he an art dealer? Or he owns a club, doesn't he? But he he's also like an art dealer as well, because that I seems to be a very 90s to... sort of film thing to have art dealers being dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. He's into some dodgy shit. When you look at the club, there's like, there's a bit where there's a, I don't want to say crucified baby, but there's a, it's almost in a ring of, if I remember correctly, barbed wire and it's blindfolded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hanging up in this club. There's loads of really weird, arty, twisty shit going on. Yeah. In the way like a 90s film would portray a metal club. Yeah. You know? Yeah, all metal people are weird as yeah, fucking yeah. into crucified babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though like none of the clubs would be like that at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, he owns a club. Um, the Boiler Room. The Boiler Room. We see some of the weird shit he's got in the club. We see him rutting away with somebody, and then he like kicks him out because he's a piece of shit. Well, first we first we see him going into a room. He like lights up a cigarette, walks into a room, and he sees the um, the pillar right. from the end of the second film, and he buys the pillar off some shady dude. Like, how much do you How much do you want for it? He's like, whatever you think is worth, or something like that. He just gives him a wad of cash. This is that's right. Sorry, my bad. Um, this is the homeless looking dude. Yeah. There's apparently running an art dealer shop. Yeah. Um, and I think it's supposed to be the same homeless dude that we see in the first film. He's always much, much younger. Even though he's <laughs> much younger, but he's that same homeless, scruffy beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, winged demon underneath that human exoskeleton. <laughs> um, yeah, so he buys the, the pillar that we see at the end of two. Mm. Takes to his club. In his special upstairs loft apartment in his club. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, starts rutting away. Girl get taken in by this blood somewhere. Not quite yet, no. No. No, jump we, um, yeah, jump ahead, man. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so he buys the pillar, and then we cut to Joey Summerskill. Joey! Reporter. And she's in a hospital, she's doing some report on something nonsense, and she's really pissed off about it. The cameraman, whose name is... Bill? No. <laughs> He's got a weird name, like Boss or some shit like that. Doc. So yeah, we go to... We first see them in a the hospital. There's Joey somewhere and a cameraman, Doc. And they are doing some report that about some nonsense that Joey's really pissed off about. And then a stretcher's brought in with loads of chains hanging off it and some dude who's clearly fucked up. And we see Terry, the girl with the black hair, quite young, uh, really distraught about this guy with the chains in him. Joey tries to talk to her. It doesn't get any information from her, so Joey then goes into the room where the guy's been operated on, I guess. They're looking doctors all looking at him. Yeah. Checking him out, trying to save him. But we see fucking inexplicably these chains rise up out of the air, electricity flowing through them and the guy explodes. And then Joey just sort of walks out. <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm a bit like, hang on a minute. Every time that we've seen so here we go, we're picking it apart already. <laughs> Every time we've seen <clears throat> the box in action so far, once they've essentially finished with somebody mm. it all goes like it reverts back to normal so for yeah. example we've got in Hellraiser where Frank is upstairs and he ends up getting fucking torn apart and yeah, yeah. making his face back together a bit 
when Julia and I come back to the house later, mm. when Pinhead's all finished with him, it's yeah. all clean, it's all gone. There is no blood and viscera anyway. Because they take them to hell. Right. Whereas Pinhead's obviously stuck in the pillar stuck at the stage. Stuck in the moment. So like, yeah. the box may have been opened, but there's nobody there to take him to, to hell. To take him. Okay, right. I guess yeah, kind see? of, yeah, yeah kind of things, Okay, yeah. I'm kind of following. Yeah. So yeah, we see that, then Joey's obviously really curious about what the fuck happened, so she's on a hunt for Terry. She doesn't know her name at this point, though. So she then <clears throat> is... Goes to the club to try and find Terry, I think. Yes, that's right. She go Yeah, she goes to the club to find... She's asking around for a uh, young girl, black hair, dark eyes, all that. And they point her in the direction of JP, the owner. Now... We go into what seems to be a restaurant area with classical music playing. There's like a, <laughs> yeah, a fucking full-on like metal club with like a band playing downstairs. Metal club in the basement. Yeah. But then like one room over, it's classical music. People in fucking three-piece three suits. suits. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we see JP there, and he's got a couple of girls on his arm. He's be clearly just being a douchebag. Doesn't get any information from. She doesn't get any information from JP, but she does hand him a card, which he'll use later to try and contact. Terry. Yeah, then... I literally watched this earlier on today. <laughs> I think Terry ends up going to live then with Joey. I think she catches up with Terry at some point. Yeah, how does she catch up with her? Um, yes. Terry was actually in that... Club. Yeah, we say club, like more like restaurant area. Yeah, the fine dining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the metal club. So she finds Joey's card and... Gives her a call, they meet up, and yeah, she ends up essentially staying with Joey then for the foreseeable future. Terry then shows Joey the puzzle box, which must have been the puzzle box that got her friend killed. And Joey at this point, at this point I think she has like a war flashback. Yeah, there's she's, quite a few of these Vietnam war flashbacks. Yeah, she's having like sort of flashbacks of her father, I guess, in, it must be Vietnam, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. While Joey is staying with Joey, while Terry is staying with Joey. No, it's Joey that uncovers the videotape. Yes, she finds videotape footage of Kirsty. Yes, and then we see Frank. No, not Frank. Sorry, Elliot Spencer, coming up on the screen saying it's all true, Joey. It's all true. So yeah, Kirsty's explaining about the box, how the box works, and actually the puzzle box is the only way of returning Pinhead to hell. Pinhead remains trapped though in this statue until, yeah. until. he gets some blood, because blood is the key. Yeah, um, so JP then's at the club, he brings some barfly back up to his little apartment. Yeah, they get her on for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because I watched this first. I, I've said this many times on this podcast, but I watched this first with my grandfather. Like, I must have been 12, something like that. This Maybe 13, quite 14. Like that with your parents, is it? Or, yeah. Or an older relative so watching this some sexy. dragged, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he gets her on, and then they have an argument because he's obviously a massive douchebag. And she nears the column. A bunch of chains come out then, drag her towards the column where Pinhead eats her. Well, first, she gets picked up by the chains, and then Pinhead sort of sucks her skin off her. Straight off. Yep, in one. 
And then crispy people skin. Kind of wasn't even cooked like Romania. <laughs> <laughs> what a name! You know what a fucking savage. <laughs> so um, yeah. So then he eats her, and obviously this gives him enough blood then to be able to speak to JP. And uh, JP's like, "You're evil, man." He's like, "Pinheads, there is no good or evil. There is only flesh." Ah. Oof. Oof. Oh. Again, being the most well-written character in the, in the <laughs> film. It's at this point that Pinhead makes essentially like a sort of deal where he can help JP yes. get whatever he wants in exchange for... Blood. More blood, which means bringing more victims. Yeah. Which he tries to do with Terry. Yeah, he gives Terry a bell. Terry at this point is living with Joey. Mm. Um, he's all like, oh, come over, babe, everything's cool. And she's all like, no, man, you're a massive dick. He's like, yeah, I know I was a massive dick. I'm sorry. Come over and I'll make it up to you. And she's all like, okay, stupid bitch. <laughs> Off she goes over to see JP. And JP's trying to get her close to the pillar. He's chatting away, trying to use all his best lines. He eventually gets frustrated and he just attacks her. Gets really pissy, yep. So then he, when he starts attacking her, Pinhead sort of wakes up and he's like, oh, you know, screaming and shit. <laughs> And then <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna cut that bit. Out. <laughs> JP then drags Terry towards the pillar, kicking but, and screaming. But Terry's somehow inexplicably got a set of knuckle lusters on, smashes him in the face. She's a street girl. She knows where it's at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She knows you got. She's always got knuckle lusters on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she he knocks she knocks JP out. She runs towards the door, and that's when Pinhead wakes up and is like. Offers her essentially, the, essentially same the same deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then she kicks JP towards the pillar, and Pinhead eats him, and then the pillar explodes. Boom! And so Pinhead's free. Pinhead's Doesn't out. have any of his cyanobite piles though. No, they must this... have been exploded when the. Well, they were all killed off in two, weren't they? Um, but then so was Pinhead, Pinhead. essentially. And that's when the box exploded. He killed the cyanobites as well. I don't know. Ah, yeah, we question the science. Yeah, we question the science too much. Yeah. But this, I think, is where the film starts to fall apart, where we haven't got the other sound bites, because there's, it turns into a, yeah, a, a Pinhead movie, yeah. rather yeah, than yeah, a yeah. Hellraiser movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's, I think they really tried to sort of market Pinhead as, like, a lead, like a main... Yeah. Well, the main antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, so, like a Freddy or a Jason. Yeah. Which you could do mm. if it was done right, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it sort of had to happen. That had to happen. Like they had to make Pinhead the main villain, um eventually, because they couldn't have carried a franchise with with all of with the all the other characters and Pinhead just not being as effective as I guess they thought he could be. Yeah, you know. Because essentially, this is Pinhead unleashed now. You know, yeah, he's, he's not bound by the laws of hell anymore. He's on Earth, and he's wants to stay there and just cause mayhem. Like he's not here for a long time, but he's here yeah, for a good, good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's unleashed. He goes to the, downstairs to the club, to the fucking metal club. 
locks all the doors and unleashes fucking chaos. Yeah, he just literally kills everyone. But that scene's pretty fucking great in all fairness. Yeah, to be fair, I think that scene in particular is the one that made me change my mind about this film. Because I remember watching it at the time just thinking, oh, JP's a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just Pinhead. Oh, yeah, okay. Some of Joey's lines are a bit like a. Really yeah, some of the lines in this are a bit shit. Some of the. I'm not a big fan of the, the constant flashbacks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we get Pinhead fully unleashed, fucking making magic. There's a bit where some girl's got ice in her drink. Oh, he yeah. magics the ice out to make his face out of yeah. the ice and then turns into like essentially a dagger and stabs her through the fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, the CD guy. There's, there's the CD guy, yeah, he's turning other people into Cenobites as and when he pleases. Yeah. He turns JP into a Cenobite as well, I think we skipped over that, didn't we? Uh, yes. He's not quite a Cenobite in that See, moment, yeah. but he does, when he kills JP with the two pistons through the brain, through the brain that essentially turns him into yeah. a Cenobite. Oof. Um, yes, he's going rampant in the club, killing loads of people, cuts to a really cool scene where like all the doors are locked and we see from outside the doors and the blood just yeah, flowing yeah. out from under the doors. <laughs> oh man, clever. Really great, yeah, yeah. Nice. But then from there, I think for me, is where it starts to fall apart a bit. Mm. From that point. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, you've got, you've got the massacre in the club, but then we get introduced to a bunch more Cenobites, new Cenobites that we don't have any sort of history with. They're not the best. No, I think some of the, the they're obviously trying to make a statement, I think, with a couple of the lines that, mm. um, sorry, what was the cameraman's name again? Doc. Doc. Doc, making a doc. Hey. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of lines that he's got that, like, yeah. I think represent. Time for your close up, Joey, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's all to do with, like, the TV world. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the one Cenobite that gets turned into, like, a CD spitting. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they could have done without him, I guess. <laughs> and then there's the bartender guy that. Yeah, Is he the one blows, who spits flames? Yeah, blows yeah. fire, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Terry wakes up. She's watching. The, I think she wakes up. She's No, I think she's already awake. Fuck. <laughs> Joey! Joey wakes up and she goes looking at the TV. I think she maybe has another dream, I don't know. Um, but anyway, she, she's, there's this news report on the TV about the club and there's all this fucking chaos and carnage and she's like, shit, we gotta get to the club. So she calls Doc. And they rush over to the club. Doc's like, I'll meet you there. Mm. When she gets there, Doc's car's there, reason nowhere to be seen. Before this scene though, we do have a bit more exposition with Joey and Elliot Spencer. Cause she Joey has a nightmare about the father again, and then when she wakes up, she looks in her cupboard or something like that, or maybe in the dream. Oh yeah, with the radio. Yeah, with the radio, and then she's transported back to Elliot Spencer's time, and he explains to her about Pinhead and the war, how he became how Pinhead, the, the war, all of that, which is pretty cool. I I enjoyed that sort of. I like that. They, yeah, this is what I was saying uh, earlier about they've definitely tried to make this a specific Pinhead movie. They've given him the backstory. Yeah. They essentially set in the franchise on a track for Hellraiser is now Pinhead. Mm, yeah. um, the whole plot to this, the the idea that there's two separate states as well because you've got Elliot Spencer is now a conscious yeah, entity. It, when I think when he was killed in the second film, that's when they split right. and you've got Elliot Spencer then and you've got and Pinhead, Pinhead and Pinhead's just the evil form of Elliot Spencer yeah. as yeah. Whereas the other form of him once wants to be free of the pinhead and wants to 
um, regain his human form, essentially. So yeah, we get the flashback, then we get to the club. Joey goes off, tries to find Doc, tries mm. to find where all these police are supposed to be. There's yeah. nobody there. Just goes into the club. Club's a fucking mess. Bodies everywhere, blood and guts. <laughs> and then Pinhead's all like, yo, I'm waiting for you. Except says in some really badass fucking metal as fuck yeah, way. Obviously. Obviously. And then Joey's running away. Yeah. Pinhead's chasing her through the streets. With yeah, his then you see like the army. yeah, you see like the DJ spent DJ Cenobites and shit like that. And then they go into the church. Pretty badass. Um, yeah, she meets a priest and she's like, There's demons out there, my child, there's no such thing as demons and then Pinhead bursts through the zone. Like, what the what fuck, the is, fuck that? is that? Yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> I let that one line of slip, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I actually quite enjoy this whole sort of church scene. Well, yeah, the church bit's quite interesting. Like, yeah, uh, you know the the idea that um, most horror movies, the church is like a safe, a safe haven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but whereas you see sort God. of pinhead walking up towards the towards the st- well, not stage, but you know the what's that area called? Pulpit. The pulpit. Yeah. Pulpit. Walking towards the pulpit, and you see all the stained glass windows imploding in on themselves, and then. He gets up there and he sort of takes some of the nails out of his face and gives himself a yeah. stigmata. And, uh, yeah, he does the whole Jesus pose, puts his head to the side, and what's, he, what's it? I am the way. I am the I way. I am the way, it. yeah. And there's the bit where the priest comes up to him and he's like, oh, this is God's house. Yeah, and, the and cross just melts. Just like, melts yeah. the gold cross. In a full-on, like, Terminator 2-style sort of yeah, visual. Yeah, liquid. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty badass. That's pretty good. I really enjoy the church scene, actually. So Pinhead then tortures the priest, for, forcing him to eat entrails plucked from his chest. Oof. I don't remember that bit. Uh, yeah, so then Joey has the box, she flees the church. And we then see the JP Cenobite. There's two like pneumatic drill things through his head. Pumping away. And Terry, who's also been turned into a Cenobite. Oh, poor Terry. I know. All she wanted was like to be loved. And not have to live on the streets. Yeah. And she's got like hook blades in her hands and she's got a cigarette jutting out of the throat. I think she's probably the best designed yeah. female Cenobite. Yeah, definitely. This is like a badass female Cenobite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the JP one's pretty cool. Hmm. But CD thrower. Lame. Bar guy. Yeah, the bar guy's pretty cool. I mean, he's. Shoots fire at his mouth. Yeah, he doesn't cool. look like much, though, does he? No, There's not yeah, much exactly. to him. Got, hasn't he got like barbed wire on his face and yeah, shit like that? Until yeah. eventually he spits out the. Yeah, because that's why it comes off the baby thing. In oh, the, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Another reason why you shouldn't have barbed wire just hanging around yeah, your bar. In a club. Yeah. Fucking fools. I know. Fucking uh, <laughs> <like> 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then Doc. I think Doc's quite an interesting character design. I think some of them are quite lazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Considering I mean, this, and this this is again going to the point that it's a nineties film. I mean, the CD guy, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you wouldn't be around these. No, days. you couldn't have you unless you was Blu-ray guy. <laughs> you could have an MP3 guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Checking out. Checking out. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm blasting you with my MP3 range. Digital sound waves. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. I'm just gonna walk away. <laughs> yeah, it could be Blu-rays, I guess. But yeah, discs format. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, the CDs, 90s, definitely a thing. Hmm. Um, I mean, CDs still are all, all around today, but yeah. can you name me any of your friends who have a CD player? Uh, outside of in their car, probably not. Yeah. 
But this is the thing I think, yeah, like I said earlier about where the franchise starts to fall apart a bit. I think they've added these additional sort of Cenobites. Yeah. Um, without too much thought put into them. Like none of them, when, when you say Hellraiser, you think Pinhead, yeah. possibly Chatterer, and you're familiar with the four. Yeah. When you mention Hellbound, it's all about um, Chenard and his Cenobite. Because mm. the whole transformation process is horrific. His actions as the Cenobite are horrific. Yeah. And then when it comes to three, they're almost like um, a comedy relief. They've got like mm. the one-liners. They have like one specific thing that they do. Well, again, it's just trying to make that sort of nightmare on M Street franchise where that's like obviously loads of one-liners and that and shit like yeah. that. But um, that's not what the first two films were about at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they tried too hard with this I think to make it that gateway to make it a franchise yeah, yeah. Um, but none of those Cenobites the additional Cenobites in 3 are remotely memorable like when you talk no. about 3 people don't go oh yeah this guy's cool as fuck yeah, yeah. they either laugh at CD guy mm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or they talk about like how badass Pinhead isn't it yeah but you've got 5 new Cenobites mm. Five, yeah, which is a whole new film of Cenobites. Yeah, yeah. One we've got four, in two we've got five. Mm. So we've got a whole new roster of Cenobites, and none of them are remotely or even brought up again after this yeah, one. Yeah, memorable. Um, which is a shame because for something they could have gone really. I know they tried to use the characters in the film to make the Cenobites, and so they tried to make those Cenobites be related to. Mm. elements in their lives so CD Guy is the DJ in the club yeah yeah um, JP he's got the pistons because he's constantly fucking pumping away at people yeah. um, Doc with the camera face you know they, they, I can understand yeah you understand the reasoning behind the them reasoning but, behind them yeah. I just don't think they're necessary yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they're memorable Cenobites no, by any no means. definitely not um, right so Joey's got the box she flees the church she goes into a construction site, where, again, we just mentioned she meets JP and Terry. Pinhead stops them from torturing Joey and demands that she give the box. the box. Then the box activates and Joey's sent to hell. Um, in the alternate dimension, Joey meets her father. He asks for the box to break the spell, but it's Pinhead. In the skies. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Tricked her, that tricky, tricky pinhead. Tricky bastard. <laughs> uh, he then prepares to torture and transform her into Sandbeck when Elliot Spencer appears and forcibly fuses himself with Pinhead. This looks quite good for 90s. Yeah. Um, we see a little bit of CGI in this with the ice in particular, mm. that ice bit. Um, yeah. But we're still quite practical effects heavy on the whole Cenobite transformation. Yeah, yeah. And in this, the melding of the good and bad. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah. Joey manages to break free yeah. while they're in the little tussle and uses the puzzle box, which Pinhead's kind of transformed into this... Like a spike thing? Spike thing. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be, like, unsolvable. She just uses a fucking dagger and stabs him. <laughs> which works. Yeah. Conveniently, uh, the box goes and sends him back to hell. Yep. Well, it just destroys him and restores Spencer's humanity, apparently. 
box remains, Joey drops into a foundation block in the construction site and then she walks away believing that the terror is over. But when the building's finished, we see that there's lament configurations all over the goddamn place. All over it. All these people walking around, setting it off, not knowing it. Oh. So yeah, and that's Hellraiser 3. There's a brief overview of Hellbound and Hellraiser 3, which we watched months ago. <laughs> well, I did kind of watch this this morning, but I wasn't paying loads of attention, as usual. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, overall, Hellraiser 2, yep, dug it. 3 started to fall off a bit for me. Yeah, but again, I've got a lot of sort of nostalgia love for 3. Again, yeah. it's one of the ones, like... I had a VHS in my room, like a VHS player, and I'd record horror films from the TV and shit, like loads of loads of various horror films I'd have recorded. And this was one of the ones I'd keep on coming back to, along with four and two, and like you, you know, you had a collection of yeah. shit you recorded from the TV, and if there's nothing on, you just stick one of those on. Yeah, one of them tapes in. Yeah, and this was one of the ones I'd have, so not on heavy rotation, but I'd come back to it every now and again. So I do have like a lot of nostalgia love for it, even though it is. A very 90s film, it's not dated that well, it's not aged that well rather, it's quite dated in that respect. The story's a bit all over the place. Yeah, I think like I said, the it's not a particularly strong story, mm. um, that coupled with the trying to s make Pinhead the franchise lead. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think that was the key focus. And in doing so, they've kind of compensated with a not-so yeah, great yeah. plot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Pinhead is the main draw for this film, easily. He's the best sort of part about the film. Um, and some of the kills are great. Some of the practical effects are great. But it's just not the strongest from the franchise. And again, like I say, I do have a lot of love for it, but it's not my favourite of all of them. I'd be interested to see what Clyde Barker thinks of 3, since we had nothing to do with it, and whether he was on board with the idea of Pinhead yeah. branching out and being the... I mean, he became the face of Hellraiser. Anyway. Yeah, in the, first, in the first Hellraiser, he was the face of Hellraiser. So this idea of driving him as... The main sort the of antagonist. Main, whether he was all for that, whether he was against it, whether yeah, know, yeah. I'd be interested to see what he yeah, thought. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Going back to the the VHS from Mark and yeah, stuff taped off TV and stuff. There was always like go to tapes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that you like watched to death. Mm. What you said uh, it wasn't the one that it was in heavy rotation, but wasn't like for me. There are three particular movies yeah. that I had on heavy rotation for a long, long time. Yeah. What would you say were the ones that were in your heavy rotation? Oh, shit, man. Um, Hellraiser 2 was probably one of them. I also... Predator. That yeah. was another. That's one of yours, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be. Mine was Terminator 2, man. On Terminator aliens. 2, somebody taped off Sky yeah. back when Sky had stuff and you could tape stuff straight off the TV. Yeah, they yeah. taped Terminator 2 for me. I hadn't seen Terminator. I asked my parents if I could watch Terminator 2. They wanted to watch it. So it was, yeah, yeah sure. So I had this copy of fucking Terminator yeah, 2. Yeah. I watched that shit to fucking death <laughs> to the point where when I watch it now I can almost cool. like, like I can press line. play, yeah. close my eyes and be in sync with the film and <laughs> recite the script word yeah, for word. Yeah, yeah. After that, yeah, it was Predator. Yeah. 
moved up a bit, grew up a bit, been more fucking, yeah, let's get on the badass stuff, Predator. Yeah. Which is one of the films, I think, that has got some fucking cracking one-liners and oh, uses yeah. one-liners really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a really quotable film, though. Yeah, Predator's, like, fucking flawless. I love yeah. Predator. Um, and then the other one, I bought from Dust Till Dawn... Right. car boot sale from dust to dawn was on your heavy rotation yeah. uh, like I said there was a period where it was it was Terminator 2 went on all the fucking time yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was Predator went on all yeah. the fucking time and then years later it was from dust to dawn went yeah. on every time I think, yeah mine would be Aliens the third one in that we didn't get to tape any Alien stuff off the TV so it wasn't until I bought them myself on ah, DVD right, yeah, years yeah. later that I got to watch them on the regular yeah yeah um, but yeah I remember from dust to dawn was in the car boot sale and I was like I'm not sure if I can if you'll say it to me because I must have been like still in fucking junior school at the time uh, yeah. and he's like oh man do I try and buy it and I was like I really want to fucking watch it yeah. and it was like four quid something like that and yeah. I was like oh no. which was quite pricey back then for a fucking video but it was yeah, literally yeah. like a new release yeah yeah um, and like yeah he was all like oh I've only watched it once and I was like oh yeah but I only had three quid and what I'd done I had some of this foreign currency as well from somewhere and I had this thing that looked like a pound but wasn't a pound <laughs> right okay so I tried to palm it off on him yeah and give it to him like I walked away and said hey kid kid <laughs> yes this isn't a pound <laughs> sorry <laughs> I went back and I had to give it to the rest of him and change yeah but yeah true story I tried to mug a guy <laughs> off for a pound for I still on VHS Nice man. I think I've only seen From Dust Till Dawn a couple of times. Like, like oh, we've got to do an episode on From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. The sequels are pretty gash, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should definitely do a trilogy. From Dust Till Dawn <laughs> trilogy and do it all in one hit. Yeah. <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn episode. Yeah, definitely. Did you know that Peter Jackson was asked to direct Hellraiser 3? Peter Jackson? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a wow fact. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> this is the first Hellraiser film to refer to Doug Bradley's character as Pinhead within the film. I also did not know that. Wow. Okay, I mean, it's not really sort of... He's not spoken to... Really, yeah, he is he's spoken spe- to, but he's not like... Not referred oh, he's Pinhead. to as... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, guy, coffee. Yeah. You with the nails. <laughs> <laughs> In broad analysis, then, two is better than three, would you say? Yep. Um, I'd I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, two is much better than three. Although th- I like I do enjoy three. I'm not going to say it's a bad film by any means. No, watching it now, I've definitely got more of appreciation for it than I did at the time when mm. I first watched it. Yeah. Um, it's not aged well. It's, it's yeah, it's film of the nineties, like yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, you watch it for the pinhead scenes. It's still it's still a pretty decent effort. I think I think our opinions on three will greatly improve the further down the line we go for the rest of the Hellraiser movies. To be honest, yeah, when we get to sort of six, seven, maybe then yeah, we'll be like Hellraiser like, three is the best. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think it peaked with one, and we're starting to see the steady decline. Yeah. Um, part of that I'm wondering is the moving away of Clive Barker from the franchise. Mm. Um. And the idea that you can just throw money at something like this and it'll make money, so it hasn't got to be a particularly good story. Yeah, definitely. I I think that if Clive Barker would have remained involved in the pen, in the Hellraiser franchise, he would have killed off Pinhead in in two. Either either he would have kept Pinhead dead from two, yeah, or killed him off in three. I think. 
I don't I don't think he has much love for that character. I, I say that he probably does, but then he doesn't have the reverence that we have for this character. Yeah, you know, that the fans have. So maybe yeah, it would go it would have gone in a completely different direction. I I think if he'd remained involved in the franchise. We'll never know. We won't. Unless we build an interdimensional time portal gun <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing so we can go and see the world in which Clive Barker did yeah. remain attached to the hell. Nuclear blasted hellscape of <laughs> an alternate dimension. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next is four and five. Yes. Which we will watch and record in relatively quick succession so that we don't forget. Yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, I don't remember much of. Four or much of five. Four is another one that I had on semi-heavy rotation. Is four the detective one? No, four is Bloodlines. This one they go back, um, Pinhead in space essentially. It's like a right. back and forth between like how the box is created and Pinhead being in space. space. And, yeah, right. I can't say I remember. Pinhead that in space. Yeah. <laughs> Where all franchises go to die. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've got a lot, again, a lot of nostalgia love for number four. So it's five, the one with the detective? Or is that yes, six? I believe so. Right, I remember the one with the detective and being like, this isn't great, but it's much improved on some of the other ones I've watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be able to see. Yeah, that's next time. So yeah, thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us. Coming back. Sorry we're late. We're not usually this late and laid back. <laughs> honest. <laughs> we are no. professionals. <laughs> We've released like thirteen episodes in like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a, we got a plan. We got a plan for this year. We just got to get back on track. Yeah, exactly. um, so we're we'll, a bit we'll, behind schedule at the moment, but we will get back to it. We'll catch up. Yeah. It will be gravy, and we'll start plugging some stuff and talking to some people. We're going to do some competitions and stuff. Yeah, get some stuff coming. It's it's all in the pipeline. We just got to iron it out. So yeah. thanks for being with us while we sort out our lives. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. See you again.